Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. We want to continue with part two of Worship God and Not Creation. Hope you enjoyed part one. This is the continuation. So with no further ado, Worship God and Not Creation. The law of the Lord is perfect. There's no imperfection. Spurgeon says it is a crime to add to it, treason to alter it, and a felony to take from it. On the other hand, as we remember in God's natural revelation, it's revealed to us, according to Paul, a groaning of creation, wanting to get back to perfection. So here the word of the Lord restores the soul, verse 7. It brings on regeneration. Understand what's truly behind natural revelation. What's behind creation. It must lead us to the light of the gospel. Now, we want to be careful here how we're interpreting this. In the context, of course, these words are written, uh, that are written is the Torah, the words given to Moses. But for us, by the Spirit, we receive the law written on our hearts, making the wise simple. Right? Again, we must contemplate on creation, but we must see past it in revealing its deeper meaning of the new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, think about this. I was thinking about this. When someone is restored from sin, verse 7, there's, there's rejoicing when one sinner is brought to salvation. The Bible depicts that the angels rejoice. Re- restoration is a biblical term. It gives back what was taken when sin entered the world. We were deposited in Adam... And as we know, all in Adam, what? Die. But restoration is a reversal, giving us back what was taken away. All in Christ are what? Made alive. All in Adam die. All in Christ are made alive. We start to understand about the precepts of God, the instruction of God, verse 8. You see, this puts skin in the game. Calling for obedience, bringing to realization like a prodigal being brought home. Then it depicts that God's words enlighten the eyes. This language is more than just seeing the creation or its handiwork. Here our eyes are enlightened to see behind the creation. The veil has been lifted, so to speak. This is the eye, this is the spirit, when it gives us the acknowledgement of that creation. And you see that creation, you know there's a creator. You know something's beyond be, behind that creation. And the spirit gives you the acknowledgement to worship the creator over the creation. Otherwise, people are worshiping the creation over the creator because they don't have the spirit. And, and this, is a, this is a gift that God has given his people. This is why when we look at the creation of the world, we see behind the creation. And I, for me, you think about this. I, until I was a Christian, who even paid attention, Ron, 
to this creation in that way. We didn't, we just took it for granted, Glinda, did we not? I mean, we'd see the sun, we'd see the moon. I mean, I know, I know a lot of you have been Christians longer than I have, but um, who even thought about it? You know, you would take a piece of garbage and throw it on the floor. People spit on the floor. And, and I know, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to be realistic. Not legalistic, but realistic. Because if this is the, if you are truly a child of God, if He's truly given you His Spirit, then you need to respect and honor His creation. Right? I mean, so we just turn around, take a piece of paper, throw it on the floor, spit it on the floor, throw gum on the floor. How many times have we done it? Throw it outside the window of our car? I've seen trash. I mean, I was up, uh, just by the drugstore up there. You see a whole bunch of trash in the middle of the street. Now, I'm not trying to be crazy, but when I, I am a little crazy, but when I walk around, like you know I walk around in the morning, right, Sue Harlan? And I'll try to pick up whatever trash I could. And try to throw it in the garbage. Because I know that this is God's creation. And if we are truly the child of a king, if we are truly a child of God, then we need to care about that creation. We need to care about it. And we, and you know, today, I'm going to tell you right now, this world is raping the earth of its natural resources. And they are going to be held responsible for doing that. Because they're raping the earth. And the exorbitant prices that you are paying, they are raping the earth of its natural resources and charging you all kinds of exuberant money. They are going to be responsible to the sovereign king and creator of this world. Tell the water company to lower their prices, Kim. Because they're going to be responsible. Because it's not their water. It's nothing. It's not their water. It's not their heat. It's God's. And unless we get the Spirit, we will never realize that. Do you understand? This water, this heat, everything is God's. And the exuberant prices that people are putting on heat and energy, we don't think about that, but He does. And He knows. Again, this, when we look at creation, there's so much more behind it than we just, that, that meets the eye. We have to contemplation, we have to contemplate on creation, but we must see past it. It's revealing its deeper meaning of the new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, think about this restoration. What a word. I, I, I love the word restoration because I was restored. I was in prison most of my life, but I was restored. Right? And the Bible says again, the Bible says that in, when somebody is restored and brought back to the salvation, that the angels rejoice. Right? So I want to talk about, I love this word restoration. Right? And then it says, what he depicts that our eyes sparkle with illumination. God by his grace gives us eyes to see. I can't, Man, if you understand the gospel, if you understand, I mean, there's, there's so much here. I know it starts with creation. That's where God starts. And Paul says you're going to be without excuse. But once God gives you the spirit, you start seeing things that the world does not see. And here's my question. For me first, Rachel second, and you third. This is important. How much... 
How much do we give of our life to this God who not only created this universe for us, he gave us life, he gave us breath, he gave us light, he gave us moon, he gave us stars, he gave us homes to live in. How much do we take advantage of that and not give the gospel to people who are lost? Who are lost. See, all they see is, is, is the sun and the moon and the stars, but they don't see it like we see it. They don't understand it like we understand it. And again, it just gives us, I mean, this is just, this is natural, earthy stuff. I mean, this is, yes, it's highly theological when you have the spirit, but this is the, the normal stuff that you go through all day when you walk out of your house and you see this world, the air. I mean, every, every morsel of air that you breathe is because of this sovereign creator. And the Bible says he doesn't only do it for his people, he gives it to people that hate him. That are going to reject him. That if you go talk to them about God, they'll tell you, well, uh, how can there be a God? Especially when something happens, right, Linda or Rachel? Oh, how can God allow this? How can God allow you to breathe? You got nothing coming. You hate God, but you'll breathe his air. You'll eat his food, you'll live in his houses, you'll drive his cars, you'll, you'll open up his businesses, because everything he owns in this world, because he spoke it into existence. You'll hate God, but you'll sit at his table. See, that's the part when we start understanding the creation in light of that, it gives us a whole new perspective, right Joe? Or it should give us a new perspective. Of who God is. But people will take advantage of his gifts and then hate him. And again, Paul speaks about this in Romans. In light of the gospel, these texts point to in keeping with our theme. That is why in verses 12 and 13, there is this plea for divine introspection. Right? Look at 12 and 13. Who can discern his errors... Acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from, from, from presumptuous sins. So here you can see the gospel being revealed even in this psalm. There's a plea for divine introspection that's only brought on by the Spirit. Look how countercultural this language is. Again, discern my faults, O oh God. Acquit me of hidden faults. We live in a world. Now think about this. Think about this word. Transparency, right? You talk about a now. You talk about it. You're laughing, huh, Dave? Right? You talk about a word that's least practiced today. There's no self-examination. Everyone's doing what's right in his own eyes. Transparency is a word. This is something I, I was thinking about. This. I don't know where my mind went when I was thinking about this. But being transparent. I, I I beg I, I I are Christians transparent enough in their lives with other Christians? That's a huge challenge. Are we transparent enough to our brothers and sisters? So because the the Bible says this. I mean nothing is. I mean how can you hide from God? 
right? You can't. I mean, think about Adam and Eve. They tried to hide from God, right? But, but I wonder how transparent we are with each other because trans, we don't want to take away my hidden faults. Let me discern things that I'm even hiding from myself. How does that happen? And I, you know, transparency today is a word. Nobody's transparent. I mean, everybody kind of hides behind a mask, so to speak. So this transparency for me when I read that really challenged me on am I transparent? Are you transparent? Um, keep your slave from presumptuous sins. Right, being presumptuous, that's another word. The word means disrespectful, self-will, not humble, having a moral defect. Watki depicts, keep me from the sin of apostasy. Even King David recognized that without God's gracious spiritual protection, mockers could rule him. So David prays, hold back your servant like a horse with a bit from sin's sway. Like the Bible depicts, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then verse 9, I'm going to make a move here and let this prayer be acceptable in your sight. Verse 14, David here is not presumptuous about his prayer, but asks God to honor it because if God does not honor our prayer, we have nowhere to go. If God does not honor our prayers, where are we going to go? What do we do? We have to be, now here's something that's, here's something I, I, so I talk about natural revelation. Divine revelation. Natural revelation is of the world, even though it's created by God. But if you never get past that natural revelation, the Bible says you'll die in your sins. We know that. Right? But we want to be careful as a church when we align Christ and the culture. Now, we got to be careful. Now, this is really something that I wanted to get at just a little bit. Christ is over culture. And culture must be conformed to Christ. That is our job as witnesses. Christ and culture are not on level playing fields. The psalm shows us natural revelation, but it doesn't stay there. Again, as a church, we can incorporate the supernatural with the natural. Which some churches today tend to do so they can attract more people. Listen. Don't charge me on this. We serve a supernatural God. But a lot of times we want to attract the supernatural with the natural. And we put them on level playing fields. We want to be careful as a church to do that. Really careful. Because we serve a supernatural God. Right? So... When you have some churches today that that attract people with the natural, with the things of the world, we have to be careful there. Natural revelation is, is yes, a gift from God, but you need to go past that. You need to go to divine revelation. Or else, again, people will die in their sins. So I, I, I looked at that and I said to myself... This is why the psalm stops in verse 6 and then there's a break and then goes from 7 down to 14. 
With that being said, the natural revelation of this world created by God, when understood rightly by God's Spirit, brings us into a deeper understanding of life or better eternal life in Christ. It moves forward like God's creation with a future in sight. This is highly theological and worth our contemplation as a church basically creation must lead to new creation. Go to James. Now, if you just will we'll end up in James. Now, because James is probably the earliest epistle, I think James is probably written in the 40s, Ben, right? Early 40s, maybe. But it's the earliest writing in the New Testament. And what you'll notice if you're a good studier of of James is that he uses a lot of creation language. Father of lights. So we're going to watch how we're going to line this up with the New Testament here. Because James uses a lot of creation language. It's the earliest book of the New Testament. The first, um, so in, in the first probably epistle written. And notice he's going to go back to creation. But he's going to look at creation. And I, there's a guy named Peter Lightheart who does a, a great exposition on this. And I want to quote from him because it, can't, it cannot be explained better as we bring this home using the epistle of James. So I want to read. I think I asked. I want to go from ooh, chapter 115 through 19a. I think I got right, Rachel. So I want to go from 15. Okay, good. Yeah, that's where I want to start. Okay. Now listen, I want you to start listening to the creation language when we get there. Then when lust was conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully matured, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good thing, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be kind of first fruits among his creatures. Know this. My beloved brothers, I want to stop there because that's that's where I want to go. Um, the, 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 I don't know. Sometimes the Bible is, you know, those things that should be down on another verse. But know this, my beloved brothers, period. Now, now watch this. The word know in verse 19a is an imperative tense. So this word know is the it's an imperative. It's really important. It means that whatever we've just read before are imperative for us to know what's being said. So with having the Genesis background, this is important. I want you, I want us to get these verses. These 15 through 19a, 15 through 18 is really important to understand what we were talking about. With the Genesis background and the reading of the Psalm, we are on the right track in understanding what's being said here. And Lightheart's really helpful. He emphasizes that in verse 17, I'm going to have a long quote here, Glinda, that since the Lord is the Father of lights, He does not change as the heavenly bodies do. 
Like the creation, they change from moon to sun. So notice, we discussed this. Now, we have, now when you read James, you have to understand Genesis the way we've been studying it. So, the Father of lights, he does not change as the heavenly bodies do. James indicates that the Creator is not subject to variation or darkening. That the world is subject to. See, the world is is subject to variation. It darkens, it lights, right? But the Father of lights has no shadow of turning. He doesn't change like the luminaries. He doesn't change like the creation. Again, this lines up with the natural revelation of Genesis. In fact, the creation, the light of the sun, disappears each night. Because God separated darkness and night. But the Creator is pure, eternal light. He does not change and cannot change. See, if we don't understand the creation account, we don't get James rightly what he's trying to say here. Because he's going to speak about being born again. He's going to speak about the the eternal revelation over against the natural revelation. Again, this is how we look at James because he's looking at the book of Genesis here. In fact, in the creation, the light of the sun disappears each night because God separated, but the creator is pure. He does not change and he cannot change. Lightheart continues by saying that the birth imagery carried on to verse 18 is the same word that brought about the first creation. Now listen, God brings forth his people as first fruits of the new creation. Invite them to church. That's what I say, right? So Lightheart continues by saying that the birth imagery is carried onto verse 18 by the same word that brought about the first creation. God brings forth his people as first fruits of the new creation. All in Adam die. Adamic man gives birth only to sin and death. Verse 15. When lust deceives, gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully matured, it brings forth death. The Father of lights brings forth a new creation. Lights and first fruits are therefore two ways to describe Lord's, the Lord's recreated people, end quote by Lightheart. Again, so what Lightheart is doing is he's looking at the natural revelation and James is bringing it to the divine revelation. What a picture. See, Carolyn, how he's using those metaphors? If we don't understand what we just read in Genesis, that stuff is deep, right, Miss Ashley? So here James is using that natural language and bringing it into this eternal language for us. And then because he's, he's gleaming it from the book of Genesis. In fact, there's so many, if you read, if you read the epistle of James, you'll see a lot of Genesis language in there. That's why, the reason I, I, I use that long quote is because there's no way to better explain or examine what we've been studying this morning and how we look at creation in light of our new creation. That's why it's so important to look at God's creation in Christ, analogetic to our own new creation. That's why studying Genesis gives us hope in light of what happens in this world. Thank God we are new creatures in Christ. 
God is in total control, not only of the universe, but of his people. Genesis for us becomes a recognition formula of this creative God in Christ, bringing us into a new creation. As we study Genesis, we'll see a lot of times that James will revert back to Genesis. For James, being a book of wisdom, is gleaming from the creation account. But we must remember that the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. God starts obviously with natural revelation in creating his universe, but he doesn't stay there. And thank God for that. God is always moving forward. When one looks at this natural creation, they must realize, as Paul depicts, that he's the Lord of heaven and earth. And he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he has made from one man every nation of mankind to inhabit all the face of the earth. Having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations, like we have discussed. He is now commanding all men to repent and believe the gospel. Because Paul picks, he's fixed a day in which he will judge the living and the dead. That's where it all leads, to repent and believe the gospel. I thank God for all of you. I thank God for my wife. I thank God first and foremost for Jesus Christ. Because he gave me as well as you, by grace, if one is truly a Christian, the ability to see what man, what man cannot see with the natural eye. And I'm telling you, if you don't believe that's a gift, please understand that what you see, the world ray does not see. And God started off with natural revelation. He gave you the sun, the moon, the stars, and the stars. Also, those beautiful billions of stars. Who knows? But if you don't get past that, Joe, you die in your sins. He's given you this wonderful earth to live. Even the people that are going to hate him. Even the people that are going to reject him. He's given this, he's given them this inhabitants. But like the writer of Hebrews says, Beloved, I expect better things of you who accompany salvation. So let us respect and honor what God has given us, but never to worship the creation over the creator. Because there's only one God and there's only one king who spoke this world into existence just for his people. Are you kidding? He, I mean, if you are one, and not only for the, not Caroline, I can't say it enough, not only for his people, but the people that will spit on him and reject him and deny him. He's given them this earth. And you ever notice the people, how they sneer at God, how they hate God? And the things they say about God, and he's given them breath and life and food and transportation, and they hate him. And they want to spit in his face and they blame him for everything that happens in this world. 
Instead of blaming themselves because of the sin that they, that they committed against this sovereign creator who gives everybody breath and life. Do we understand the God that we serve? He gives us what we don't deserve. Because the Bible says all in Adam die and we're all born in Adam. Only by grace he takes us from the natural Adam until the supernatural Jesus Christ. That's the difference between natural revelation and supernatural revelation. If you truly are a Christian, you need to bow down and thank him for what he did for you. Because Harry, we know, we know our hearts. And we know without the Spirit, we hated God before. Because you, you can't just be neutral towards Him. Either you will serve Him, or you're going to have to serve somebody. And that's the, that's the message. And the difference, Ashley, between natural and divine revelation, if you're a believer today, you need to thank God that you see past that creation. It's a gift. What a gift, Glinda. It's a gift. Let's stand. Here's my challenge. If God is calling you, you need to come. If God, in this message, as we see this, this natural creation brought on to this divine creation by the Spirit, if God is calling you, you need to come. You need to come just like that horse coming out of the, 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 the gate in the Kentucky Derby. Don't hold back. There's too much at stake. Again, if God is calling you, you need to come. So, Lord, we thank you and praise you for your divine revelation. We thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are the father of lights with no shadow of turning. Thank God you don't change like the, the natural creation when, when, you know, darkness and light. But you are true light, pure light for your people. Lord, bless us, Lord, not because of who we are, but who we are in Christ. Let us see, Lord, even through this sermon, that uh, a few verses in Genesis, let us see who you really are. Give us the eyes to see, Lord, please. There's too much at stake in this world. So, Lord, we thank you and praise you and honor you for this day. This Lord's day. This day that you've given us, this, this breath that you've given us, this light that you've given us, this, even the darkness that you've given us, the, the, when it, when it cools down from a, from a, um, a, a warm Arizona day, but you've given us so much. Please, I beg you, Lord, if you can just instill this in, in these people's hearts today and the people listening all over the world, if they can just realize what you've given us and how much we don't deserve any of it, please, Lord, let us realize how good you are. Me first, Rachel second, you third. Please, Lord, illuminate our hearts. Shine your light upon us because you are truly the Father of lights. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.
Pastor Dominic Romaldi here with Street Talk Theology and just telling you thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the sermon, Worship God and Not Creation. This was the second part today. In Jesus' name, God bless. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.